If you haven't signed up for our Discord channel, please do so at MajorDomaMedia.com. There's a link that will take you to our community. Most of the members are fantastic. Some can be a total pain in the ass, but we love them anyway. Join us on our Discord community. We have community managers. It's organized. It's a great way to follow our content. It's a companion to all the creative things we've done over the years. And all things Momofuku at shop.momofuku.com. Get your chili crunch, your salt, your spices. Our noodles are available there. And also nationwide at Target and Whole Foods. Let's get on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dumb Media. Thank you, Yola Tengo, as always. We have a very special podcast. <laughs> and we're doing an Ask Dave After Dark. After Dark. This is the first time I've done this not in the garage. So that's how long it's been. That's right. This is the first Ask Dave After Dark not in the dark. <laughs> If you haven't heard this series, you should go back and listen to the ones when Dave was recording from his garage and the motion sensor activated light by which he was working would just go out. (laughs) So he would just be recording in the pitch black until he could wave his arms to reactivate the light. Those are classic episodes. And and, and sometimes it was very hard to record because of the mosquitoes and uh, and, uh, crickets. But here we are. We've prevailed through, you know, Thick and thin, we're here for you guys to answer ridiculously not important questions. <laughs> All your not pressing questions answered here with our producer, Jordan, who's going to be reading them, who's been collecting them from the aforementioned Discord. Oh, another Discord, a wonderful place to give a shit for you and doing free content. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you out there this morning. Just Those fuckers. <laughs> I saw Dave out there at like seven in the morning, just <laughs> fighting off people complaining about the free content they get. Dave, I have to say, before we kick this off, we we put out the call, like Chris said, on the Discord, first some Ask Dave questions, and then I logged back on ahead of this recording, and you were just answering the questions <laughs> on the Discord. Yeah. Mr. It's Difficult. Like, it's like when you go camping and like you don't put your food in like that uh, in the bear like box, the sealable the barrel. <laughs> the bear box. The bear got to the questions. We didn't hide them well enough from Mr. Chang. Listen, the question was so such a low hanging fruit that it's already it's going to bear many, many, many different fruits. Okay, <laughs> such a juicy, juicy fruit full of seeds. Don't worry, it's going to be good. <laughs> 
If also whatever I'm saying doesn't make sense, uh, you can't do Ask Dave After Dark without a little aid of um, alcohol or some kind of THC. Or, as I just found out today from reading, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Ayahuasca. Which amazingly, Dave, which amazingly does not violate the league's yeah. substance policy. Incredible. I mean, I think that was the moment that he had his vision quest to become an anti-vaxxer. See, that's my thing. Is like I don't. I, I think I, I think just that's. Had, I think that's actually what happened. You think that's where he saw it? He saw it in his in his visions. He like he barfed and shat, and then was like the angel of death came and touched him in his visions and said, "You don't have get a the purpose. Jam. You will have a purpose, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, and it's not to make Green Bay Packer fans happy. Right? It will make sense to nobody." <laughs> Spread the gospel of anti-science. Dave, did you see that they announced a Roadhouse remake? Have you read I, up on this? I, I already blacked it out. Um, who is doing the remake? Who's oh, uh, J, uh, J, J, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal stepping in for Patrick Swayze. I'm not going to name drop, but I, I've known him. I've I met him a handful of times. I think he's an extremely handsome man. I think he's a great actor. I like him a lot, but I, I don't know if I can talk to him again. I think it's been it's been a long, long, long time. Maybe I don't I can't remember on this podcast you describing your affection for Roadhouse, though. I feel like there's a whole audience of people who don't know. So let me let, let me tell you let, let me tell you what, guys. And I'm not on ayahuasca, but I think this vision came to me in an altered state. I believe and I I, I believe that Roadhouse, the original Roadhouse made in the 80s with Patrick Swayze. Oh yeah, with characters one. from uh, the Big Lebowski and the and the and the singer from the Jeff Buckley band is it the Jeff Buckley band? No, the blind singer with the fly guitar. I can't remember his name. Oh, what is his name? He's a great character, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was made by the Coen Brothers mm-hmm. in a in a pseudonym mm-hmm. because frame by frame, second by second, it's a perfect fucking. <laughs> if you go back and watch Roadhouse, not with no irony. Not thinking you're in for a campy old sentimental time and go back and look at it and say, this movie was directed by the Coen brothers. It does give you a whole new appreciation yeah. for what See it you is. See you later, Rosebud. The number one movie of all time <laughs> is going to be Roadhouse. <laughs> See you later, Rosebud. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I just, so you, you, you got to know when. You're fucking with perfection here. And I, I like Jake. I, I, I like his movies. I love Donnie Darko. I just don't think this is the right move. You're fucking with perfection. I don't know what to do. It's not like maybe Top Gun 2 is going to suck, right? There's no way this is going to be good. Yeah. There's no way. It's a perfect movie. And how are you going to recreate the fact that, again, the be- my favorite bit of Roadhouse is that he's a master's in philosophy in <laughs> Columbia. <laughs> Okay, a master's from in philosophy from Columbia, and he's really taken the Richard Rorty, probably influenced by Richard Rorty at that time in the mid '80s, height of American pragmatism. And it was like, do something useful with your life. It's not teaching philosophy. It's not studying philosophy. It's going out there in the world and making a difference and doing good, being useful. And Mm -hmm. how? Useful is saving a fucking town. 
pretty useful. <laughs> Effective altruism, man. Yes. You gotta, you gotta affect the most people, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Let me tell you about the visions I've had about Roadhouse. I'm gonna go back and revisit that. I have not seen that in f- seven years, probably. It's a perfect <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> There's, a, there's not like one second in that movie. You're like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I agree, man. I think that Jake Gyllenhaal is a weird casting for this remake. I don't really see that at all. Well, you could have said that about the late great Patrick Swayze as well, right? I don't know. But I, I guess in retro, like, so maybe hindsight is 2020. Maybe we'll be like, wow, Jake Gyllenhaal. We didn't know he had it in him. Because Patrick, you can't see this role for anybody else. I don't know. Uh, what's your favorite Patrick Swayze film that is not Roadhouse? Supercomputer? I gotta say Dirty Dancing. I don't, I don't even know what else I could say. I mean, you could say Point Break. Man, that is a good movie, right? That is a good Utah getting too. You know, it's just, you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. God, he's got some good ones, man. He has them classics. Man, Ghost. Uh, Backdraft. <laughs> No, is he in Backdraft? Oh He's in Backdraft. Is he in Backdraft? Is he in? No, that's not him. What, who's in Backdraft? Kurt. Kurt. Anyway, what my my favorite Patrick Swayze film is Red Dawn. <laughs> is that when the Russians yeah. invade Michigan? Yeah, in Denver. <laughs> Wolverines. <laughs> that's that's the whole movie. Oh my god. Oh my Maybe god. Maybe what Jake Gyllenhaal needs to do is really pick up this baton and remake each of these movies. Like Jake, I know this, Jake. If you're by chance listening to this, it's not that I, I, I want to be wrong, but you're just—it's hurting me. My so much of my life is based around this film, mm-hmm. and let's just say by the, the the random small chance that it is better, then my life is null and void. <laughs> what, wow. what if it's is it is it is it already been reported as a remake? It's not like some sequel, and Jake is his like. Son, grandson, oh, or something. It could be a Marvel Universe multiverse film. It is. It is being described as a new reimagining Ugh. of the classic '80s action pick. And the other element here is that they also announced Why? that Conor McGregor is going to make his acting debut <laughs> in this reimagining as a mystery character, maybe a Columbia philosophy professor. You know, it's going to be good when I don't know. You know, it's going to be. You know, something's going to be good in general in food in music. You know, cinema, you know, it's going to be good when, so, when the person making it has never done it before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the last time an MMA character, can you remember the last time an MMA uh, fighter from the USC captivated, riveted the movie screens? Is that Chuck? Chuck Liddell? No, it's George St. Pierre in Captain America. And then uh, the, oh. recently in the Black Widow movie again. And guess oh, what? I, oh, I, Nobody fucking remembers. <laughs> I Nobody's going to remember Conor McGregor being in this film. That I will guarantee. <laughs> fucking you. I do love this idea. Like you walk into a restaurant though, and someone's like, "And tonight your food will be prepared by Chris Ying, who has never cooked before." <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank God he's coming to cook today. <laughs> uh, all right, it's all it's all thumbs down on this Roadhouse rematching. All right, on to the next one. There was a lot of boba talk in the Discord today. I don't know if you saw that, Dave, but our good pal Catherine wanted to know what's your current boba shop order? What's what's your move these days? 
Um, I still like uh, what's the one that has the deer on it? The antler, alley. Mm. But the alley in the SGV I like better than the alley in Pasadena. It's just not as good. And I know people will say, no, it's whatever. It's not as good as this shop. It's not as good as that shop. I still like it because it just hits the spot for me. And I like the one that is the brown sugar boba. Because if you're going to drink it, might as well make it really bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I figured out why it's so bad for you, too. The oat milk, that if you get it with oat milk, they're adding the barista cream. The, The oat milk that comes... That's the same price as a full like half gallon. Mm-hmm. The Barista edition is really concentrated oat milk. It is delicious shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like and pure, that's what they put in pure sickness. Yeah, it, it it has a ton of calories. I think it does taste tastes delicious in my boba. By the way, I don't understand getting like a actual Chinese tea <laughs> with boba. Chris Chen, you motherfucker. What did he order? Person. What does he order? He gets, he, he's he like, gets I'll have the chiner with <laughs> just I'm a like, drop what? of honey. I just don't even understand. I looked at it. It looked like a science experiment, you know? <laughs> right. Because it was clear. It looked, like he an had aquarium. No it looked like an aquarium. Yeah. You know, that had not been cleaned in months. <laughs> a brown aquarium. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you doing, dude? You got to load that shit up with sugar, man. <laughs> Did he order it hot? He just got a hot boba, just a hot brown aquarium. That's the Christian one. <laughs> but honestly, I haven't had too much boba as of late um, because I'm trying to not. Once I learned how bad they were for me, they they started to show up very frequently in my diet. <laughs> Infrequently. Well, maybe you just need to switch this single origin herbal boba. No, 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 no. And but brown sugar boba, it's just, just the whole thing. My order for boba is probably 1,400 calories. I, I can do without it. At, at least. Yeah, they got the black sugar one. I don't even know what black Oof. sugar is, but I'm like, sounds fucking good to me. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is the Charles Barkley diet, and it's true. If it tastes good, spit it out. <laughs> and the problem with boba is taste too fucking good. Something like this shouldn't taste that fucking good. Mm-hmm. So there's no way it's good for you. It's all bad for you. There's nothing about the boba tea that I think is good for you. Boba is the jamba juice of tea. It's like what jamba is to smoothies and juice, boba is to tea. Do you think, as popular as boba is now, how close to the ceiling are we, Chang, for like boba saturation in the country? I don't know, man. I always use the 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 benchmark of sushi, of raw fish being widely consumed. The fact that that is still consumed at a rapid rate by people that like hate Asian people is like, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. The fact that people eat raw fish, what would be equivalent today? So people understand how it's bananas that is. It's insane that Iowa, <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers taking ayahuasca. Right. It's insane. Charles Barkley would not spit the ayahuasca out. I guess, I guess it would be something like, <laughs> seriously, I'm sure there's a few others, but this is coming top of mind in my altered state right now. Um, the cheese of choice in 25 years, right, will be Gorgonzola <laughs> at McDonald's. Right. The American cheese is no longer really relevant. It's Gorgonzola. Like that kind of like, what? Right. People are going to eat that. So, you know, tw- 25, 30 years ago, if you said people were going to eat sushi at the clip, you know, I, I just can't even fathom it. So, yeah, 
I mean, it's it's bonkers. I think that there's, I, I don't know. My friend was telling me that, like, my friend who lives in the South Bay up here was like, oh, my wife and two daughters, they opened a Boba Guys here. So, like, it was a huge deal. There's a big line out the door. So, they went and they went and got it. They stood in the long line for an hour and 15 minutes. I got home and there were three full Bobas sitting on the counter. <laughs> I was, and he was like, did you bring these for me? And they're like, oh, no, we didn't like them. <laughs> That's what Boba is. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that leads me to believe there's a lower ceiling for Boba than there is for sushi. Well, let me just tell everybody why you can have a transcendent food experience with a good Boba. A really good, how do you call it, cup of Boba? What, what do you describe? Uh, yeah. is it a cup? What is it? What is um, it? Yeah, it's a cup of Boba. It's a cup of Boba. It's like a, uh, it's eight. like a, it's a big gulp size of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, it's of a, boba, yeah. right? The small is fucking huge. Yeah. Um, it is got temperature contrast, textural contrast, and if you get it with a really nice boba, the boba itself has to be high quality. And I, I, the reason I like it with sugar, not that I like sugar, I like that it keeps it even more hot, that like sugary substance, and then you suck it up through that big old straw. You get that mixture of hot and cold. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's a it's a it's it's just joyous. I love it. It's beautiful. But will people be drinking it across America? Who knows? Maybe after sushi. Who the fuck knows? It's that texture though. So like Taiwanese, like I love this. The Taiwanese call that texture that like chewy crunch texture of the boba is known as QQ. There's no crunch. No, like at the end when it's like a hard, it's a firm, firm rubbery. <laughs> It's like you're you're biting through a gummy bear and like its skeleton is just still in there a little bit. You're just it's got a tiny little crunch to it at the back. But the Taiwanese call this QQ, which is a like a modern made up term. But like I think that people are gonna butt up against that eventually. That's what's gonna stop Boba from from reaching sushi heights. And eating raw fish. <laughs> I mean, listen, you're right. You're right. Like the fact that just like people pick up dr- raw fish from the checkout counter and, and eat it all across the country what's even bananas. more so insane is you have people that actually say no i don't want the shit that masks the fish i want it straight i want it clean i don't want anything i want it unadulterated i just want to eat plain raw fish motherfucker <laughs> that is crazy to me it's totally insane you know what i was gonna say my order is my my secret guilty order if i'm just gonna go like full fat boy I got, I got like a. Did you do you get the cheese? The salted cheese foam. <laughs> no, I don't get the cheese. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the I cheese know foam. About. No, I know you're you. at like 85 degrees. The cheese foam. Yeah, that's intense. You man. fucking motherfucker, you are. I, if that's I, your new name, bro. When I have the cheese foam, name is officially cheese foam. When I have cheese AKA foam, AKA call cheese the foam. fucking call the fucking authorities, man. Because like, I have, I have a, I have a threat to myself. We gotta name a segment cheese foam. <laughs> <laughs> cheese foam is just like where we share our deepest shames <laughs> it just sounds good cheese foam cheese but did you foam. want a little cheese did you want the cheese foam supplement on there? <laughs> sea salt rim cheese foam uh i don't know if you're gonna come with me on this one but i got something about the fucking purple taro flavor boba it gets me dude it's like it feels doubly fat in there for some reason the look on your That's face a, is not that is with me. just i know that you are not a doppelganger now <laughs> <laughs> this is, if ever if ever 
Dave and I are pointing guns at you on the top of a roof, yeah. and you're a white person who can't tell the difference between the two of us. I'm like, I, I, usually, you know, I, my paranoia is everybody I'm talking to quite possibly could be a doppelganger or an alien spy, you know? <laughs> That's like shape shifted into this person. It's clear to me now that you are Chris Yang. <laughs> <laughs> now he feels comfortable yeah but yeah if you ever find us pointing a gun just hand one of us a, a taro milk tea and see what yeah, we do this is a little bit like blade runner where the blade runner asked questions to this you know synthetic just to yeah. see there that's what happened i just you i'm a blade runner and you just passed you're not a robot wow. you're sentient you're sentient human being and i don't have to fucking kill you christian <laughs> thank god you're not a danger to humanity oh, all it took was a little taro milk tea. Well, now that Chris has passed the test, Chris, you mentioned that, you know, the idea of maybe mainstream America isn't really going to fall in love with that QQ texture. QQ. <laughs> <laughs> One of our moderators over on the Discord, Bad Lemur, he wanted to know, Dave, if you had any irrational food aversions like that. Is there anything you just can't can't get behind? Yes. An example he gave was his girlfriend does cannot stand shredded cheese in salads. Mm. Um, well, weird. Maybe yeah. I'm not going to say it's weird. I just think that that's something where you can actually have a legitimate reason to break up with somebody. <laughs> Why'd you break up? She 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 has an aversion to shredded cheese in salads. <laughs> that's so specific. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> we just couldn't. We just couldn't make up the d distance on that one. No. It sounds like it's exclusively in salads too. Like in other contexts, maybe it's maybe it's okay. See, that, that's how you know she's a synthetic because they can't process the shredded cheese in a salad. That's that's the opposite. Um, my only aversion, I don't like offal that much. There was a period in in my younger cooking career that I really liked it. I wanted to try brain because brain was in the Thomas Keller French Laundry Cookbook. I wanted to try every bit of offal. But truth is, I don't like sundae. I don't like blood sausage. I don't like balls. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like I don't like sexual reproductive organs uh, of both genders. And I don't like eating um, eyeballs. Mm -hmm. I don't even like eating tongue. You know, I, I will eat it when someone orders it at, say, a Korean barbecue restaurant or if we're at a deli. And it's, it's like really good. But I... I also think it's because I had to cook so much tongue too, or in he and head, like head of animal, mm -hmm. that I'm not that. I think there's a correlation to me breaking down a lot of animals, where I'm now just like ah, I don't want to eat that. Give me, give me, give me the porterhouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. It's like it's not just a textural or flavor thing for you. Like having broken down and seen so many heads, like it is a little bit just like heebie-jeebie skeeves you out right like you just don't like it it's a lot of eyes yeah you know what i mean uh i don't like eating reptiles i don't like eating feet i don't like eating chicken feet i don't like eating and you saw it on ugly delicious and again what i want people to understand and somebody i saw recently said wow i just rewatched ugly delicious it's so fucking good i was like yeah i know it's fucking really fucking this good a fucking great show man i don't think it, we could have edited the part out where I spit out the fucking deer, ten, dried deer tendon, mm -hmm. deer tendon. I don't like that kind of texture. I just have an, a total fucking aversion to it. I can't eat it. I can't. 
I can't. I just can't do it. We could have edited that out, but I thought it was important that or we very much wanted to keep everything as as like as it happened, right? And I I thought that was important with the where I look like a dummy, you know, and I think it's important to show that you're not perfect when even eating there. And they didn't sh- and you what you can't show is me apologizing for like two fucking hours after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, with the translators cuz you know, I felt terrible, but you know, it was it was also a dilemma. Do I put this what is the more unforgivable thing putting it down and then vomiting potentially or just like trying to my best to just like as discreetly which is not possible spit it out yeah i think and the fact is like you try to be discreet about it you don't like and i, I gotta be honest it is not some who the fuck has tried what i tasted i'm gonna say 99.9999999999 percent of the humanity has never tried it this is a royal court cuisine of no. fermented dried deer tendon that was reconstituted. Yeah. It was not. Come on, man. Come on, man. Fuck. <laughs> That's true, too. Like everybody who's just like, come on, man. If I was eating liver, I would just choke it down. It's like, you're, it's, you've, it's not the same thing. It's not the same. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, Popeye asked a little while ago, he called it a phantom dish, something that, you know, you're always searching for, but you can't ever find it again because the restaurant closed or you moved away or it's just not available anymore. Do you have a phantom dish? I think about Wiley's Chicken Ball a lot at WD-50. I and think about, well, if I can't get any more, it's so many of them. I think about a squab in a martini glass in squab consomme with some liquids, like some smoke at LBE. Like I, you know, I literally just thought about that because that's literally the first thing that came to mind about a dish that I would want, but I can't have. There's so many things, you know, it's my whole memory is full of things I will never have again. And that's why I'm chasing after that motherfucking high. (laughs) Just like the first time. (laughs) That like ephemerality of the thing is what makes it special. Is Is the ephemerality a word? Please say it's a word, Jordan. Jordan, ephemerality. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that, that's okay. legit. And by the way, just thinking about this, my uh, thesis, pe- the, the the teachers, the professors I had to defend my thesis to said that religiosity may not be a word. <laughs> 
I had it somewhere wow. in my fucking thesis. Like, a senator of religiosity. Guess what? I see that fucking word all the fucking time. Wait, did they really say that to you in person? Yeah. Like, that's a yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. That was like the thesis. They're there just to rip it up. And I was like, uh... I think it's a word. You're smarter than me. <laughs> no way. That professor had like a fake diploma or something. Yep, yep. That's crazy. No credentials. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's what makes it all special, man. I, I think that like it is like I think I don't I don't think Dave, you were joking when it's like I'm always chasing that high. Like that's that's the truth. Well, let me ponder on the ephemerality of all of this. <laughs> so I I think it's less about the dish for me, and this is true. It is a lot like high fidelity where the records are autobiographically organized. For me, I can think about the food, but for me, like the dish itself, which I can, but the reason why I remember it is not because of the dish. I remember it because of what was happening and the people I was with or the circumstance I was in or the event that was happening. And like the, the thing that came to mind immediately was my meal at Elcano. I talk about it all the time, my first meal with Wiley with Bourdain, with Danielle Boulud, and the fact that all of us didn't want to eat at this restaurant. We all knew that we had to eat at. This is before everyone in America started going to El Cano. It was really un, not undiscovered, but it wasn't part of food blogs. No one was. It was still a very local thing. I just remember Danielle's reaction when the bone was fucking gone. I remember Tony being extremely fucking happy. Hmm. With everything that was happening, I just remember the laughter. I remember the people. I remember the, the, the lighting of it all. You know, I remember the stinky cheese. I remember all of the shit. So, yeah. Do I want that? Yes. You know what I mean? And I've been to Elcano since many times, and I love it. But I trace that memory of, whoa, this is one of the best. It was so much fun. It was a, one of those perfect, perfect moments where... Everything was perfect. The, the whole, it was like going to a wedding that's perfect and fun. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like such a rarity. But this was a, a perfect dining experience full of everybody that I'm friends with in the food world. It was just a magical night. I'll never have that again. Yeah, I think that, yeah, the, the dish is, is, is inseparable from the experience. You know what I also think about sometimes, Dave, is like, mostly from you, is like, times at a restaurant with a certain crew that cannot be recreated. I, I, I remember used to like, I used to like think nostalgically about like Sambar when it was you and Tim trying to like make it work, just serving late night food or at like, what was like the uh, Larpege crew with like Claude Bossy, like that fucking crazy murderer's row of right. like cooks, right? Like that's all time shit. And everybody went on to become something crazy. And that, that sort of stuff, like you can't ever recognize it in the moment, like the, the Elcano meal you're talking about. It's like, oh, you don't know that like within these four walls, it could be any combination of people, but this combination is like making magic yeah. right now. And listen, I, I've I just, I've had all of these moments, just like you're talking about, just popping up in my head. I was like, oh, like, like a James Joyce novel just happening in my fucking head. Yeah. And that's just why I love thinking about some of these things. But I'll tell you the th two things that popped in mind. Right off the bat, one was a Christmas dinner where a bunch of us stayed in New York. This is probably 2015. Josh Pinsky, some of uh, the whole staff from Co were there, Unjo, Max. We had dinner in Chinatown at Oriental Garden. I remember the crew. I remember the fact that every these were the people that stayed here, didn't go home, right? 
I, I probably, if I want to think about that, have like a hundred of those kinds of me meals and memories. I don't remember the food, but I remember that. The other moment, I, I don't even know why I was thinking about this. When I was in Kyoto, we were doing the, the, the stage program with Murata-san. We were all paired off with one of the top chefs in Kyoto. I was with Claude Bossi, Sad Baines, and Michael Anthony, Moro Colareco. Fuck me. <laughs> and we're all, we were in a five-hour tea ceremony, and we're eating these, like the, whatever, tea cracker, you know? What I remember most about that moment was that we were dying because we were sitting down cross-legged for five hours, and it was hell on earth. I remember them talking about Guinness for hours, 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 and drinking Guinness, being like, oh, I don't know Guinness at all compared to people in the UK that drink it all the time. It is a whole other fucking world of drinking Guinness. You know, and I remember tasting it and savoring and, and remembering Claude and Sapping, this is a proper fucking pint of Guinness, and we we're in fucking Kyoto, right? And trying to distinguish, is this, would I, do I have a palate to actually distinguish, is this better than any other Guinness I've had? Mm -hmm. And the fact that these guys were having a serious conversation about it meant, I know fucking jack shit. Because I'm tasting this being like, yeah, this is, this is <laughs> totally like a proper Guinness, totally. mate. <laughs> Fuck, it's making me so nostalgic for these moments, man. So I think it's at some point it's not about chasing after them, but being present enough to be, you know, and I'm not just saying this, to be like happy that you were even there and you had those moments. So I, I'm not trying to like pursue these moments. I think if you're trying to pursue them, you're never going to find them. You know, you just got to be open to it. And it doesn't have to be dining in fucking Elcano in Spain. It could just be a really good bologna sandwich that you fucking made with Oscar Mayer fucking bologna and a really good white bread and mayo. It just is like, I just think you have to be open that it could be anything. It could be a fucking tortilla chip that you just dipped in fucking salsa. Yeah. It sounds like you're cherishing the ephemerality of it. Uh, <laughs> almost. QQ. QQ. We got ephemerality. <laughs> we got all fucking words of the day over here. Cheese foam. Cheese foam. Bing <laughs> bong. Oh, that was great. Uh, Jen Ku had this post where she was describing her ultimate carbs combo when she was a little kid. And what she would do, she said, she would take a, a skin on shake and bake chicken thigh. She would pull off all the skin in one piece and, uh, like spread it out, bread it side down. And then she would kind of layer it with, uh, rice, chicken meat, mashed potatoes, corn. <sighs> God. and salsa criolla and then she said she'd roll it up into a little cigar and eat it and it was the perfect bite <laughs> what the fuck someone called the fbi right now. i know we should swat <laughs> this person that's insane <laughs> they made a little chicken taquito out of the shake and bake covered chicken skin is that what i'm hearing Wait, I, I just gotta can you repeat the ingredients that put in there because i got i literally blacked out after the fourth one <laughs> My mind just didn't yeah. understand. So I, I get the shake and bake. If you don't know what shake and bake is, it's a box of breaded seasoned goodness, right? And you basically just dip your meat in egg wash, and then you shake it in the shake and bake, bake the breadcrumbs, and you bake it. Fantastic. She was doing it with chicken skin, a drumstick, right? So I would imagine, you know, 
it's coated. And if you take the whole thing off, then it's, it's a little bit like an open, like a uh, coffin, right? <laughs> <laughs> a cooked you know chicken skin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like, like curling up a little it off, bit. I'm trying to imagine it. Like you can, you, if she splits it down, you can, because it's baked. And if you have a highly hydrated fly, um, dredge solution on a chicken, th- chicken fried chicken, and it, you let it sort of ma- marinate, macerate, and it's like it gets super hydrated. It just does. It gets super, super fucking moist. It becomes this glue-like texture mm-hmm. that you can fry. And I think that actually is pretty similar to the shake and bake thing. So I'm now trying to envision, and this is the, the assistance of THC here, that it's now like opened up like this and it's a coffin, a little bit like a coffin or, you know, what? <laughs> you just, no, I think you're right. You no, just, no, 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 like an open coffin. No, what I'm trying to say is like a, like an open glass case, you know, like a sunglass case where you, yeah. if you slide, yeah. then you take the chicken out and now it's open like this. I thought she just peeled. That sounds beautiful, but I thought she just cooked, shaked and baked some chicken a chicken thigh, and I thought she just took the skin off in one sheet. This like I thought she said chicken leg. What'd she say? No, she did say chicken thigh, and oh. yeah, she's just removing the. She's like flinsing the skin off in one, you know. So one then I think she's piece. got like a cigarette. But, but no, paper. no, I, no, no, no. Even if you're doing it with that, I, it's. I'm just saying. Like, how, when's the last time you did shake and bake? Twenty five years ago, man. Okay. What I'm trying to say is this: uh, not it's impossible without. Having this chicken here in front of me, like I—that's <laughs> not. You can make it happen. Let's do this. <laughs> so audio medium. If Let's you go. have the, if you have the thigh, you're definitely gonna have the skin with the breading on top, Got and then it. under, you're also gonna have all the breading underneath it and on the sides. Yes. Right. On the meat itself. Yeah. On the meat itself. What I'm trying to say is the same thing with what you would happen on the leg. Except that it won't be looking like a coffin or open coffin or an eyeglass case. It'll look like a different fucking shape. But so if you take that off, right, you know, you, so you're unfolding it like this and it's going to look like a perfect, it's going to look like rolling papers because what you'll also have is not just the skin side, but because it's shaking bake, it, it will create a perfect crust underneath mm-hmm. and you will get the skin, you'll get the crust with no skin, but it'll be attached yes. to the crust with skin. So yes. you'll have an envelope, like a rectangle sized piece of rolling paper rolling paper with probably a third of it with chicken skin and the other which yeah, is shaken like, bake yeah yeah a chicken, sheet of a and, sheet of chicken chicken, bake. chicken chicken essence yeah yeah jus. Like, <laughs> chicken chicken jus. sticky chicken shit so now i have a rectangle of rolling paper a ch- rolling paper of chicken skin okay now yeah i'm trying so to vision she's putting this. that she's putting that breaded side down on the okay. plate Okay. Kind of flattening it Correct. out. That's what she should do. And then she says she layers Because if she did it. it the other way, I'd be really fucking I'd be out of here. <laughs> <laughs> if she did it the other way, she's a mad woman. <laughs> okay, so I got this. I got the chicken. What's, what's the tobacco on the inside? What's, inside? What's, what's, the, next? what's the wacky so, tobacco? So she says she's layering it. So it sounds like there's a sequence here. There's like this happens in a particular order. She's layering it with white rice. White rice? Wait, wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Right. Now, I'm right. just trying yeah. to imagine this. You can't do it like it's a maki roll or kimbap because then the breading would break, would break, the skin would break. So she's got to, I think she's got to form a little bit like 
log of rice on one side. Yeah, I, I yeah, envision I think a she's line. doing this yeah. Chris Yang Tamaki party style. A, a Scarface line yeah, of yeah, rice. Yeah, yeah, white... A big one. <laughs> a big old fucking line <laughs> a big of rice. fat line down the middle of the chicken skin rolling paper. Then... Uh, that's layer one. Layer two is chicken meat. I don't know if she's like... Ostensibly plucked from the something. chicken thigh itself. Shredded from the chicken yeah, thigh yeah. itself. So she's she's assembling like a kimbap. I don't know if it's layer, but it's like what is next to it potentially. Right. Uh, layer three is mashed potatoes. <laughs> Which that, that 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 is where I blacked out because I was like, what? Because <laughs> help me out here. If you're eating, so either she has on hand. Mm-hmm. Is this for a special occasion or just random? This was just her her power move as a kid. She said, as a kid. Okay, Which, I know that where Dave is driving this, and it's a great her question. family. Do they have mashed potatoes every day on hand all the time? <laughs> they either have rice every day or mashed potatoes every day because they're serving fucking both at dinner. So <laughs> something's dinner, going right? on. Something's, so like, or, or what is more than likely, I think, if I have to Sherlock Holmes this, is that Shake and Bake Chicken Day was a special day in the household. It was a regular mm-hmm. thing. Like even my house, my mom would do it like, mm-hmm. you know, every week. And then it was a set thing. So she's making shake and bake chicken. More than likely it was going with mashed potatoes. That is probably, we just unlocked a massive part of this person's life history here. Guys. We also figured out <laughs> through that, through this, through that, no, 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 but through Dave's deduction, I think by the transitive property, the fact that she had some rice just on hand means that most nights they're having rice. Which and means this person is Asian. Asian. <laughs> I think that was like, that was like, that was, come on, dude. I think, I, I think that was a given, like a geometric proof given. Okay. We don't have to talk about it. It's a given. All right. I love that shit. Not geometry. It means I don't have to fucking write any of those. <laughs> it's a given. given. So I don't have to show you. Okay. Cause I still don't understand no, but it. But the, if it's okay, a given. But there's some, still, still some wild okay. cards here. So, so, so. You got, I, I got a, I got a line of, I got a Scarface line of rice. Then I have a fucking, you know, I don't know what next size of fucking mashed potatoes. So she no, t- then no, chicken. So, so no, no, rice. chicken, but chicken, rice, chicken. But now I want to know this. Is she piping it out as a kid? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is she putting it at the end of a Ziploc bag and is she going, <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is super soigné, this whole thing that she's making every night. I could imagine. I could imagine the kid putting a dollop and like fixing with their hands. So it's okay. Okay, I can see that now. So I got, I got the chicken skin bread side down. I have the, I have the rice, the the cocaine line of rice, the cocaine line of potatoes. No rice, chicken. Yes. Potatoes. Yes. And then layer four is corn. <laughs> I'm gone. I don't know who this person is anymore. This is a chifa Peruvian chifa person. I think this all falls in line again with the typical shake and bake. The whole meal is based around chicken, shake and bake. Oh, you think it's like niblets and which she's serving like niblets out of the can, some mashed potatoes. Yeah, and, yeah. And this is this is bake. this is something that I feel definitely happened. Niblets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, I mean, I feel like Chris, you're onto something because the final layer is salsa criolla. <laughs> what is what? <laughs> so that, this is when I was on a on a, on the astral plane because I didn't understand what the fuck I was as salsa criolla. What is that? Yeah, which is apparently a bright and colorful South American salsa made with uh, bell peppers, onion, tomato, and uh, garlic. Maybe she is chifa. This is fucking wild. 
So she gets all that in there. She rolls it up like a little cigar, she says. And that was her perfect bite as a Jen Koo must be young, so young good child. at fucking rolling joints. <laughs> if she can roll all that shit up into a cigarette. Woo. <laughs> so if uh, that's God, that's God tier rolling powers. So, so if like chicken Kiev is like breaded chicken wrapped around butter, what city do you guys think is, is this chicken wrapped around mashed potatoes, rice, chicken meat, uh, corn niblets, and salsa criolla, criolla, criolla? This, this, this is a culinary chimera. That's what it is. <laughs> this is like chicken camartage. This is like Dr. Strange's fucking chicken, man. And then an eagle's head pops out of this <laughs> and it flies off. This and we never saw it again. Culinary chimera. <laughs> this podcast is insane. Uh, but the question that's inspired in my mind, Dave, did you have a move like this as a kid? Did you like discover some alchemical yeah, combination? I've, I've, where... I, I, listen, I have talked about this many times. In fact, I started a restaurant called Sambar based on this principle. <laughs> okay, folks? Let me just Let's let guys, everyone know. Empires have been built on chicken yeah. camartage type shit, okay, dude. Okay, okay, Listen, any place you can get mushu pork, doesn't matter if it's an actual Beijing-style pancake or an actual flour tortilla, doesn't fucking matter because it's a 50-50 crapshoot on getting a mushu pork <laughs> with actual a Mexican flour tortilla. Don't matter. You get that tortilla, you get that flour pancake, you take the hoisin sauce, you lather that up, mm. you take whatever protein you have, sesame, beef, orange, <laughs> chicken, general sauce chicken, you know, beef, broccoli, don't matter. You take, you don't throw the broccoli, you take the beef out, you put whatever, you put that shit right there. You then put some of the filler, which is the mushu. You get mushu vegetable too, don't even matter. You just, <laughs> it don't even matter. I don't can't even tell what accent that was. Continue. <laughs> and then, if you want to do a double starch, really a triple starch because of the flour tortilla, you can put some fried rice and some lo mein. <laughs> and then you put some hot sauce in there and you roll it up like a burrito. Mm -hmm. I legitimately opened a fucking restaurant on this. All right. <laughs> That happened to hit number 26 in the motherfucking world. <laughs> <laughs> so you tell me dreams don't come fucking true. <laughs> you keep wrapping that chicken around those potatoes and that corn. <laughs> and then you smoke it. <laughs> you come up with <laughs> and who knows where life will take you. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me you've never put other shit in your mushu pork? And wrapped it up like a fucking burrito? I, I mean, no, of course I have, but like I was never so bold as to share that with other people. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, how badly would, would you want one of those right I'm now? I'm dying. I'm dying for that right now. <laughs> Just to wash so, the taste of the chicken camartage out of my mouth. So good. <laughs> so good. Fuck, I would eat that. So when my um when I was visiting my parents a couple of weeks ago. My dad opened my 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 son, my son and daughter were sitting at the breakfast table, and my dad opened a can of Vienna sausages mm. and dumped them out in front of my daughter. 
and was like, "Here we go." <laughs> and she was like, "What are these?" And I, I, I just like think, straight onto the table, like just, just like right onto, dumped them onto a plate. So they just like scattered. It was like like she, he was like reading the the bones or whatever. He tossed them onto there, and I. Uh, <laughs> It occurred to me the reason why he did this was because when I was a kid, I would come home from school, I would <laughs> I would put a bunch of like butter or margarine in a pan and then a scoop of pre-minced garlic that my parents had in a jar. And I margarine, would, the original plant-based butter. The original plant-based <laughs> uh, heart killer. Uh, put a bunch of pre-minced garlic out of the jar in there. Fry up a bunch of a whole thing of Vienna sausages and then fry a piece of white bread in there and then eat it as a big open face sandwich. And I think my dad thinks that all children eat Vienna sausages. <laughs> that's some, that's some, that's some like, you know what that's like when you watch like some like footage of like the old school hip hop like fathers of like the early 80s and 70s? <laughs> that's what I was imagining. You know, fuzzy, grainy TV footage. <laughs> Because like the reason is that move that 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 move of what you described. Number one, clearly it's delicious. Number two, that's the Hall of Fame big boy Asian club <laughs> shit. That's the nastiest. Okay? That's the nastiest I mean, biggest boy it's like, Asian thing in the world. That's like Big Daddy Kane shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I agree though. The fucking flashback is just like black and white on like Super Eight film. <laughs> Like dad's I mean, really, really, it's like you're like Sugar Hill Gang of the Big Boy Asian Club, <laughs> like one hit. They're, you know, I'm Sugar Blood Gang over here, man. I, wow. I, I, so did Ruby? Did Ruby go for it? No, she was like, she was like, what are these? And I was like, Dad, I bet you that was so good. I was like, Dad, that's not that's not a thing. I that's just how I ate it. My God, dude, I might eat that again before I die. Yeah, do you think he just had that can on the back of the cabinet? Uh, no, I know for sure. The There's a good chance that, like, I'm alone. I'm starving, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, <laughs> Mama. I think I'm, I'm really worried about it, like Chris. <laughs> he he's, just a, he's just a boy. Leave him alone. No, he's I growing. Mean... He's growing. Okay, <laughs> I don't think this is normal, man. <laughs> that conversation 100 happened. Oh, of course it fucking happened. It, like it all this all flashed through my brain as he dumped this can of Vienna sausage. And I was just like, oh no, he just doesn't know. Dad, leave me alone. I'm starving. <laughs> hey son, uh, you might want to chew there. Shut up, Dad. I'm hungry. <laughs> Jesus! Dad! <laughs> All right, whatever. It was fucking delicious. You know it was delicious. <laughs> okay. One more one more question. Close it out. My girlfriend threw this one out there. Dave, oh, what nepo- is your stance ne- on... Clearly, ne- uh, Jordan's a fan of nepotism. <laughs> little, little bit of nepotism. I can't deny it. She wanted to know, what is your stance on those little table crummers, the crumb sweepers that they'll pull out in some restaurant? Mm, crummers. Are you pro-crummer or anti-crummer? It's good for a lot of things, not just breadcrumb. <laughs> this is a Scarface thing again. <laughs> Second one. No, it's a good wedge for your, you know, when your you shoe. break into your own car, <laughs> your shoe. It's a wonderful shoehorn. Okay. It wipes off a lot of sweat. Right, when was know? the last time you saw a table crummer? 
uh, Providence. Oh, right. You did have a nice meal recently. But prior yeah, to but that, I, man, What I really love is restaurants that aren't even like that nice and they have it. And I'm like, boop, that's amazing. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Food was terrible. Service was terrible. But you have a breadcrumber. I'm coming back. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Because I feel the same way. I think bread yeah, covers are the best things. <laughs> no, the but like, they are particularly fantastic at restaurants that have no place having a bread crumber. <laughs> have no you know bread. What I mean? You're just like, <laughs> why? You, the service here is so fucking bad. I can see all your deliveries coming in here. Your boxes, the upholstery's fucking ripped. Like you're just like, but you have you're. Crumbing the fucking tables? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? It's literally putting lipstick on a pig. I love that shit at restaurants. Yes. Yeah. The crummer. Does that kind of like rescue the whole meal if they pull out the crummer? Hell yeah. At the 11th hour? It's just it's funny, man. I love that shit. I don't know why I love it. I remember the first time it happened. I was like, what? If Matt, this, dad, we're definitely going. We're definitely eating at a white person restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Have you ever owned a crummer? No, I'm not. come on, come on, that's ridiculous. How dare you fucking even accuse me of such I, things? I, I love you, crumber, motherfucker. Man. You know the crummer does not work on crummer does not work on rice. You can't crumb rice off a table. I've seen it tried. No, my done. again, again, Chris, my rice eating skills are such on a, a whole Never nother agreed. level. I don't drop fucking rice on a fucking table, motherfucker. Come on, man. You are better than this. <laughs> Stop. My rice, I can't reach across and eat the you rice somebody else dropped this. on the table. <laughs> Not on my watch. Come on, man. You. This is when you have to be Captain America. You're right. All right? Not on my you, watch, man. You gotta fucking make everyone a better player. Better eater. Lift them okay? up around you. It's not about just make you, 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 you. I see you getting bounced out of the playoffs the first round every fucking time. Playing man. hero ball, man. I'm not thinking about the team. Everybody else is dropping rice. I'm just like, not my business. No, you're right. There's no rice in team. <laughs> but I, 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 I again, I, I, I do like the crummer because it is an opportunity for me to throw my mess with my sleight of hand to other people's table. I mean, they're, they're where they're sitting or under their chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's been or so under or under the table near their feet. You know what I mean? <laughs> they look so like I try to make as much of a fucking mess as possible and like clean it up too. Right. <laughs> so when the person does come to sweep up the bread, there's nothing more satisfying, nothing. No, there's nothing more truer. I've never said anything more truer than this right here. <laughs> nothing is even remotely as close to satisfying as this. When they start removing some of the plates and they're crumbing the table and then the server, the, 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 the captain, they're looking, they're judging and you're the only motherfucker that's clean and everything else <laughs> is like sweeping fucking you know, two inches of sand. Yeah. 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 Cause these, cause they look at you like you're the Messiah. Right. You're like, whoa. The, you know, that's the superiority, no matter yeah. how unfairly earned it is, because you definitely spread those crumbs on everybody else's section. It's, it's it sort of so the good. scene when Eddie Murphy's in coming to America at Madison Square Garden <laughs> and he he's like, he's the king of Zamunda. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. You, you know, it's the oh, king of Zamunda. That, yeah, it's me. That's what it feels like. You feel like the king of Zamunda when you are acknowledged <laughs> as the motherfucker 
that had zero fucking crumbs on your fucking right. your you know your zone. The crummer just just passes over your quadrants like no, they like the monster in a quiet place. Or they something. sweep their hand across the back across your shoulders. <laughs> just say thanks, bro. <laughs> the the breads the crumb sweeper really uh, in Christianity. They hold the gates to the keys of heaven. So you're really trying to <laughs> make them happy. You're, you're truly trying to gain their approval. Why? I don't know. But that's, that's the way I look at it. You know how grumpy I'd be like, just uh, look at this mucking slob. Slobs. Oh, fuck. Look, I got to do like quadruple the sweep, you know? And then when when you don't have it, they're like, whoa. You know? Thank you. Hey, whoa. Thank you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, get us out of here. I'm so sorry for whatever happened today. I take no responsibility for the absolute absurdity that happened on this podcast. But this is this is a ask David after dark. Give us five stars. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) 